Alright, welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to the second episode of the Wormburner Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Justin, and before we get into this information-packed episode, I really want to take a minute and shout out our Facebook page, uh, the Wormburner Podcast, because at the end of the last episode, I posed a question, or I said I was going to pose a question on our Facebook page. For those of you that missed that question, the question was... The name of the first episode was called The Dream Begins, which shares the title with a famous soccer movie trilogy. What is the name of the soccer player that that movie is about? And so the top three answers were given a shout out on the very first episode, or on the second episode of the podcast, to which one person did respond and got the correct answer. So shout out to Jacob Watts, and the correct answer was Santiago Munez. Thank you so much for your participation with the question. And uh, on to the episode. So give me one second, get set up, and we'll get uh, dive into the section today. All right, and we are back. The very first section for today is going to be unpacking the information-loaded MLS. And for those that don't really understand soccer... This may be a lot. If you want to take this episode in breaks, I would highly suggest it. But if you are ready and willing to listen and understand the sport of soccer here in in the U.S., I would love and enjoy the prospect of being able to break it down for you. So, much uh, unlike other sports with Major League Baseball, uh, NHL, NCAA, NFL... There are wins, losses, and draws, and the best record moves on to playoffs, and so on and so forth. With soccer, it's a little bit different. So in soccer, every team plays two games against every single team, one home and one away. So each of these games dictates how many points a team can come away with. So if a team all-out wins the game, it's three points. Then, if a team draws, so a 0-0, doesn't matter. If it's a draw, then each team gets one point. Then, the final one is a loss, and very obviously, if you lose, you don't get any points. And so, all of those points are accumulated and given a final ranking through the league table. And so the most points that you have are you are most likely going to be at the top of the table, uh, whereas if you don't have that many, you're going to be near the bottom. And that is where soccer is a little bit different from all of these other sports. You don't have a point system when it comes to wins, losses, and draws, whereas soccer, they have it. So each of these games wins are home and away are much much more different than uh, something that the US is really accustomed to Uh, and I actually really like this aspect when it comes to soccer because it actually gives the team if they lose the first game for example they can come back the later half of that season when they play them again and we're like okay we're gonna smack you this time or we're gonna we're gonna beat you this time like that is the mentality that i really like they it is a redemption road to be able to actually beat a team if you've lost to them before earlier in the season so having that it is really really important at least for me and something that the culture of soccer has had for 100 over 100 years and 
it's something that that I thrive or that I enjoy very very much now that we have completed the talk over the league itself I want to try and work on the trophies that you can win while you are in the MLS and that can be a bit confusing so for those that want to know the league itself is given the trophy of the supporter shield so if you win the supporter shield at the end of the season that means that you had the most points at the end of the season throughout the entire league so east west it doesn't matter you had the most points period at the end of the season you had the most wins or however 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 many points you have at the end of the season you are the all-out winner and you are the winner of the Supporter Shield. That is the first trophy that is available in the U.S., at least when it comes to the aspect of competition. Now, this is where it gets a little bit different uh, from the rest of soccer, and the MLS actually shares something with the NHL, uh, NCAA, uh, NFL, so on and so forth, is the MLS does have playoffs and it's a bit confusing to some people so the way that it works is you have the league itself which dictates the supporter shield as i had explained before but at the same exact time the league is split into east and west so teams on the east are dictated in their own league table as well as the overall league table of all the teams combined and the same thing for the west the western teams are all clumped together in their own separate league but also answer to that larger league that gives out the supporter shield so with those separate leagues the eastern and western conferences it is the top eight teams in each conference that qualify for the playoffs and this is one tie games or one game each where the winner moves on and goes on to the uh, quarterfinals semifinals or quarterfinals is uh, the wild card then it goes semifinals then final of the conference so either Eastern or Western Conference and then it goes to the MLS Cup so unlike NFL and NHL and all of that they have one trophy that is the overarching granddad granddaddy of them all in soccer that's not the case uh, there are multiple trophies to be able to win in one season and when you can become a team that wins all sorts of trophies that's when you are dictated as a really good team um, so with that being said uh, the Supporter Shield is just one of those trophies. The second one is the MLS Cup, which is the winner of the tournament at the end of the season, so the, own, the winner of the playoffs at the end of the season. So that trophy is separate from the Supporter Shield. I must emphasize that more and more. It is different. It is different. It is different. There's two completely different things on the line here within these two trophies itself. So just a small refresher, the Supporter League, or the the supporter shield is the winner of the overall league table they won the most games they have the most points in the throughout the entire MLS and then the MLS Cup which is the winner of the playoffs at the end of when any particular season uh, that is happening now again this is something that is very different from 
U.S. sports is there is also a third competition going on at the exact same time as all of these other ones. It is a knockout cup competition that is called the Lamar Hunt Cup. So this cup is dictated the or helps dictate the winner of all U.S. teams. Period. It doesn't matter what league you are in. So there are lower leagues in the U.S. And maybe in a later episode we can go back and go over this, but I just want to go over two specific competitions this time uh, in this episode. The first one is the MLS, and we're covering that right now. So the Lamar Hunt Cup allows all U.S.-based teams to compete for this title of being the best domestic cup champion in the U.S., so this is separate from the league, and this is separate from the playoffs. So this is a different competition, a knockout competition. Uh, it's it's like a longer version of playoffs, but with this playoff, it's dictating a completely different cup competition. So, again, another quick refresher. There are three trophies that each U.S. team can win each year. It is the Supporter Shield, the winner of the overall league, the MLS Cup, which is the winner of the playoffs at the end of the season, and then you have the Lamar Hunt Trophy, or the Lamar Hunt Cup, and that dictates the best domestic cup champion at the end of the year. It's a knockout cup competition, as I stated before. Now, this is where it gets a little bit more tricky, and there are three... Canadian teams in the MLS, much like the in uh, the the NBA. Goodness, I couldn't get that out of my mouth. Much like the NBA, there are basketball teams from Canada, and with the MLS, they are treated a little bit differently. So those three teams are the Vancouver Whitecaps, Toronto FC, and the Montreal Impact. So those three teams carry on their own domestic comp- cup competition that is called the Canadian Championship. So that is separate from the MLS itself as the American-based teams are competing in the Lamar Hunt Cup. So again, really quick, U.S. teams compete in the Lamar Hunt Cup and the Canadian teams compete in the Canadian Championship. It is worth noting, at least right now, that there is a separate league in Canada with other teams that compete in a separate league. So, again, like I said, it's a little bit confusing, and to be honest, I'm not entirely sure why these three separate teams compete in the MLS and not in the Canadian League, but maybe that's something that if you ask for, I would be more than happy to dig in and do the research on. But, yes, with Toronto FC, the Vancouver Whitecaps, and the Montreal Impact, they have their own separate domestic cup that they compete in. So that's the Canadian Championship. So even though, yes, they are a Canadian team, they can still win three trophies at the end of the season. For Canadian teams, it is the MLS Cup, the Supporter Shield, and the Canadian Championship. So it switches a little bit, and they can win the, the Canadian Championship and not win the Lamar Hunt Trophy. And then, again, U.S. teams can win three with the MLS Cup, the Supporter Shield, and the Lamar Hunt Cup. So, with all of that being said, 
it's time to go on to the actual league roster rules that are a little bit different compared to other countries. Alright, and so with the overall majority of the MLS covered having to do with the rules and the way that the league and cups are set up, I want to go over the rosters because that is at least worth mentioning uh, because it is different from the rest of soccer. Uh, if you do a deep dive on other countries and other leagues, they don't necessarily have the same rules that the U.S. does. Um, so I wanted to take a minute and bring a little bit of that into the discussion uh, so that way you have a little more knowledge when it comes to MLS rosters. So with the rosters, uh, the U.S. actually shares something with uh, the, the, the MLB, NHL, all the U.S.-based uh, sports, and another soccer league actually does do this. In Australia, they also have a salary cap. So MLS teams do have a salary cap, and as of 2020, that salary cap was $4.9 million. So again, if nobody really understands what a salary cap is, basically what it means is that your entire roster cannot be worth more than $4.9 million. So at least for MLS teams. And it's, I'm sorry, and it's the same thing for Canadian teams as well. So U.S. and Canada have to share this number of being under $4.9 million. And I want to also bring in something from the previous episode being the Beckham Rule. So with the Beckham Rule, that added designated players to the MLS. So with designated players, they are necessarily counted on the salary cap but it is a little bit different so like I said before uh, with designated players they have a enormous salary and so that salary is actually covered the majority of that salary is covered by the MLS itself so when it comes to the salary cap the salary cap does get charged with a designated player but it is not their entire salary it is I believe and according to the information that I have, the budget hit that is required for a designated player is $612,500. Um, so these players are added to the salary cap, but these million dollar contracts aren't added and it automatically knocks out their entire uh, salary cap. So they, they are counted just not to the extent of these multi-million dollar contracts. Now, going on, there are such things as YDPs, or Young Designated Players. These players have a little bit different of salary impact when it comes to the overall arcing uh, salary cap. So, with these players, um, they can be given significantly less contracts, uh, but still have a large amount of money being invested into these players. So these can get upwards of a million, two million dollars, uh, but the salary cap hit for these young designated players is $306,250. So again, a little bit different than normal DPs. Uh, the young designated player doesn't have that big of a hit. 
And the last thing I wish to cover when it comes to these roster changes and things that aren't necessarily in all soccer leagues uh, is international players. So international players are treated a little bit differently than other big leagues in, say, Europe. So with England, France, Spain, and Germany, as well as Italy, they don't have international quotas basically so with the MLS you can only have a certain level of international players on a US team so with these teams I believe the number is somewhere between eight or nine uh, it's unclear how many slots are given uh, to MLS teams because they can be traded away they can be given to them by another team um, and it, it, it all varies so I believe that number is somewhere between eight or nine players can be designated international players so they are not from the US they are not US citizens uh, which is different again like I said from European teams and something at least in my opinion may be criticized uh, when it comes to U.S. soccer, but I do like the overall aspect of trying to get younger U.S. players international recognition through these players of being able to learn from them. And we had already dis discussed some of these players that were brought to the U.S., like Andrea Pirlo, like Zlatan Ibrahimovic, like Thierry Henry, like Frank Lampard. All of these players are really, really good exposure for these younger players that are growing into the sport of soccer here in the US so with all of this being said I want to go on to the final section of today which is going to be going over the big 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 competition here in North America not just the MLS itself it is the overarching large trophy that can be won here in North America so give me one second get all set up and I'll be right back and before I forget I want to make sure and give out the extra man advice of the day so for today's episode the extra man advice of the day is mustard packets ironically uh, mustard packets are a really good way to prevent muscle cramps when you are on the field playing or just any sport in general. I have seen it for myself personally. Uh, several studies have been made that when you have a muscle cramp, ingest some mustard and the cramp will pretty much go away instantaneously. So with that it is something that you can have on hand to be able to help with any friend maybe that may have a cramp or even yourself just to have on hand uh, a simple 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 choice to make uh, in preparation for a game or even practice uh, put some mustard packets in your in your uh, case or in your shoe so that way you don't forget hopefully you don't <laughs> put your foot in the uh, shoe and bust the mustard packet in the shoe uh, but anyways regardless uh, mustard packets are a very good way to help prevent cramping uh, when you're actively playing and you may not have stretched that much so that is the extra man advice of the day all right and we are back 
Um, just before we go into the final section today, I did want to take a minute and shout out our uh, forms of communication with all of you. We have our own page. It is the-wormburner-podcast.captivate.fm. Again, that website is the-wormburner-podcast.captivate.fm, as well as our Facebook page, The Wormburner Podcast on Facebook. Go ahead and give us a follow, and much like the first episode, there will be a question after the episode today that will be aired. It will either be posted the day of or the day after, and that will give you the ability to have a shout-out on the next episode, so for the third episode of the podcast. So with all of that being said, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you a million times. Thank you for listening, and on to the last section of today's episode. All right, and so for the final section, I wanted to get a dive into the large competition here in North America. So here in North America, there is something called the CONCACAF Champions League. So the CONCACAF Champions League is a competition that organizes all of the best teams from North America and figures out which one is the best in the area. So with that being said, there are different qualification methods to be able to get into the the competition. If you wish for me to actually get into all of the different ways, um, then please let me know, uh, and I can definitely make that happen, do the research. But I will only be focusing on the MLS side of it, because anything more will be very detailed and something that I'll have to take more time and effort into putting uh, a more cohesive and understanding section for you. So. The ways that a MLS team can be brought into the CONCACAF Champions League uh, is such as follows. So the winner of the Supporter Shield can get into the CONCACAF Champions League. So the winner of the Supporter Shield, the overall winner of the league itself in the MLS, gets a ticket to the CONCACAF Champions League. The second ones. Uh, it actually goes to the winners of both the Western and Eastern Conference in the U.S. So for the conference finals through playoffs, both of the winners make it to the CONCACAF Champions League. Um, with the final qualification place being given to the winner of the Lamar Hunt Cup. So there are four different ways for U.S. teams to be able to qualify for the CONCACAF Champions League. And those four different ways are through the Supporter Shield, winning the Supporter Shield, winning either the Western or Eastern Conference in their respective divisions, and then the winner of the Lamar Hunt Cup. So the winner of the Lamar Hunt Cup also gets a ticket to the CONCACAF Champions League. Now with those that are being interested or, or are interested, the CONCACAF Champions League does give a slot to the Canadian teams. So the Canadian teams also have three different ways of qualifying for the CONCACAF Champions League. So they will have the Supporter Shield, the MLS Cup, but instead of the Lamar Hunt Cup, they have the Canadian Championship. So the winner of the Canadian Championship buys a ticket to the CONCACAF Champions League. Now, 
this is where it can be a little bit more confusing and I want to take a little bit of time to explain it. If any of these bids or any of these tickets are duplicated in any way it does create a bit of a situation when it comes to who goes to the CONCACAF championship and who doesn't. So, like for example, the MLS Cup winner uh, as well as the Supporter Shield champion and the Canadian championship went to the Toronto FC or Toronto FC in 2018. With that being said, the runners-up in the league, in the, in the Eastern Conference, through the Supporter Shield, was able to qualify for the CONCACAF Champions League. So let me again explain this. The second-place team in the Eastern Conference, in the Eastern Conference specifically, because Toronto FC plays in the Eastern Conference, the second-place team that was in the Eastern Conference qualified for the CONCACAF Champions League. And then again, going off for the uh, MLS Cup, the runner-up of the MLS Cup actually got a berth into the, or I'm sorry, the runner-up of the Eastern Conference Final gets a bid to the CONCACAF Champions League. So in that particular instance. So if any of those champions are over overlapping, if uh, any of those gets two or more bids, it goes to the runners-up in particular situations. So if the Supporter Shield bid is duplicated with, let's say, the Lamar Hunt Cup. So let's just say that the winner of the Lamar Hunt Cup and the Supporter Shield is the same team. If that is the case, then the Supporter Shield bid is then null and void for the team. They will get into the CONCACAF Champions League through the Lamar Hunt Cup. Now, that bid that is out in the ether for the Supporter Shield is then given to the second place team in the conference in which the Lamar Hunt Cup winner was in. So again, let's just say for a hypothetical question that the winner of the Supporter Shield and the Lamar Hunt Cup was Orlando City. So Orlando City has won both of these titles. They get a bid to the CONCACAF Champions League through the Lamar Hunt Cup. They will then in turn forfeit the bid to the CONCACAF Champions League through the Supporter Shield bid. That Supporter Shield bid then goes to the second place team in the Eastern Conference. I know that it is a really complicated way uh, of explaining it, but I hope that it was able to be understood clearly by you guys. Uh, if there is any questions at all, feel free to reach out to me and let me know. Just let me know how I explained it, if it, I explained it well enough. Uh, if there's a better way of explaining it, I am all open ears, and I really enjoyed the feedback from you guys. So, with that being said, uh, this is going to be it for the second episode of the Warm Burner Podcast. Thank you so much for listening in, and I hope you guys have an amazing day, and I look forward to hearing from you guys again from the near future. Uh, stay tuned for next week 
next week is going to be the 31st and so next week is going to be our next episode so stay tuned hope you enjoy love your soccer and i will talk to you guys later ciao everyone